Hello, and welcome to the Philosophical Angle podcast with your host, author Chris Angle. Hi, this is the Philosophical Angle program, defining concepts in current media. I am your host, Chris Angle. I am the author of four books on philosophy, one of which is The Philosophical Equations of Economics, and they're free for viewing online at www.philosophypublishing.com. Also uh, with me is my co-host and colleague, Rick Samuelson. Rick is a venture capitalist out in the West Coast. How are you doing, Rick? Very well, sir. Thank you. The purpose of the philosophical angle is to examine the nature and concepts being used in current media. And this week, uh, we're going to talk about North Korea. Uh, the concept is going to be the origin of uh, the origin and nature of war, and the application North Korea. So uh, let's let's start. Uh, the concept uh, of the origin of war, boy. Um, holy academes. Um, uh, this is a this is a problem that's been studied by philosophers and psychiatrists and psychologists and historians and and so many others. Uh, my gosh, uh, where do we start? Uh, well, you out there, luckily, uh, you're uh, joined in here to the uh, philosophical angle program. So uh, let's start. Uh, first, I, I don't think there's a problem understanding the definition of war. Um, any uh, any dictionary will uh, will let us know. Uh, we can uh, open up uh, Webster's and uh, and actually Webster says the following: um, a state of hostility, conflict, or antagonism. Uh, and it also has a, a, a definition B: a struggle or competition between opposing forces, or for a particular end, a class war. A war against disease. Well, that that's clear enough. Um, uh, so now to the origin of war. The origin of war is the absence of competition. And um, I know everybody's kind of going, what? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I bet that's a little bit surprising. Uh, and I can see how uh, anybody would say, um, um, boy, I can't wait to hear this. Okay, so let's start. First, uh, we're going to define competition uh, as we uh, completely as competition is the convergence and divergence of entities with the same priority. And the absences of this is the cause of war. Now, I'm going to, uh, when, when, to explain, when entities have a priority, such as uh, wanting to buy a car, uh, they go to seek, uh, they go down to the car dealership if they want that car to be new, and uh, let's say they uh, they both go to the same car dealership because there's only uh, one car dealership in town and two buyers arrive, and this could be a, a converging priorities because two or more entities are seeking the same thing. So when you have a marketplace when there are uh, when two or more entities are, are setting up their sites on the same product, uh, you have the beginnings of competition. Uh, it's competition because the same entities are looking at the same problem of producing or buying uh, the same product. And uh, that, that's pretty clear. Um, that's the first half of competition. 
The second half of competition is the, is the divergence of these priorities. When these seekers of cars at the same dealership discover that dealerships pricing is going up because two or more entities are, are converging on the same product, the same car, the dealership understands that their product is now highly sought after and the beginnings of competition dictate that this knowledge uh, that, that comes to them uh, will, will raise prices and, and, and any market operates this way. When you have uh, more buyers than there are sellers, prices tend to rise. And we know from economic textbooks and our own experience, the opposite is true too. We know that if there are many sellers, more than there are buyers, economics texts explain, well, that uh, the prices are going to go. Anytime more sellers than buyers, prices are going to uh, go down. And more buyers than sellers, prices are going to go up. So, um, so when given this situation with an element of time added in, something new occurs. It is the divergence of the priorities. It, it happens automatically. And I'm going to call it the law of differentiation. And the law of differentiation says that when you have more buyers than sellers, the market becomes out of equilibrium and as such differentiation happens. This differentiation is when the buyer or the seller seek divergence from the rest of the market. Uh, for example, uh, if the marketplace, uh, if, in, if, in, in, if in any marketplace, uh, a company finds that other companies are attempting to, uh, to become direct competitors with, with, a, with a product, uh, that company will start to differentiate its product line so as to avoid the, the convergence um, of, of uh, other products coming exactly coming on to the very priority of its market, of its product, of its service. It will reduce its cost. It will increase its, its quality. It will come out with a, a new product that is slightly different in that it, it may have a higher quality, uh, more features, or it may be less in cost. It will do something with this product to differentiate it from others that are converging on this marketplace. And the, the manufacturer will do so by increasing its knowledge about, about its product and, uh, and the marketplace. I think economic texts pretty much delineate such activity in, in marketplaces, but, but why does the company automatically differentiate its product after, after convergence? Why does this automatically happen, and why is it part of competition? Well, it's part of competition because divergence happens because everybody, all life entities, seek goodness and they seek goodness for itself. And the, pro the, the only way you can see goodness for itself is to differentiate uh, your product, your product line or your, your service, and ex which ex extends goodness of the product to its customer base. And the manufacturer 
tries to pass along this this goodness in which is inherent in the product or service and uh, and tries to pass this, this goodness along to the to the benefit of its customers this will allow it to 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 sell more of its product making a profit and becoming successful in the marketplace differentiation and divergence is the is a seeking of goodness and uh, it's a necessary outgrowth of competition so uh, what in tarnation does this have to do with the origin of war well just as companies and consumers differentiate countries do as well however for countries there's an absence of the ability to differentiate uh, uh, sometimes and uh, when this happens the potential for war increases first when companies are in direct competition with each other presenting the same product to the same marketplace it is economic war for them at this stage they will they will have very little differentiation um, uh, but nevertheless they will be seeking to reduce cost and make their distribution of the product to the to the marketplace as competitive as possible and uh, uh, of course uh, this this is differentiation in its in itself making things more efficient to bring to the to bring their product or service to the marketplace and all things being equal the other company will do the same when when it's in head-to-head -head competition uh, it is it is economic war and uh, countries are, are as, as I mentioned are no different all throughout history if people come into an area settle it begin farming and suddenly another person or or family or race of people from another country come in and, and squat on the same piece of land there there's conflict and uh, and and there's conflict because there's no divergence in the marketplace of land uh, wherever or whenever uh, this should happen so there are countless books and movies and other artistic material um, describing uh, such an event where people have their priorities converge and social strife breaks out how many of the movies of the old west have we seen where suddenly uh, another rancher comes in and brings his sheep to feed and graze in the open lands where there some cattle rancher had been previously and or uh, or is there concurrently and uh, allowsing uh, and when what happens St social strife and so when a, an economic situation when two or more entities converge on the same economic resource conflict necessarily arises especially if there's no way to avoid the situation such as moving to another piece of land uh, uh, or out of the area uh, conflict uh, arises and in the old west it, it sometimes led to violence but these days uh, in an economic situation it just means economic conflict is as competition as competition is as, as companies know is inimical to one's best interest um, however companies and people employ differentiation of their circumstances to avoid competition they seek differentiation to to add or enhance the goodness that is coming into their lives and as such this differentiation necessarily happens because of the potential to increase goodness in the lives of the entities involved 
countries are no different. When the leaders of a country perceive that there is a, a convergence onto the same priority by the same or, or, or other countries, the potential for war begins unless there is a possibility for differentiation, which, uh, which would allow the country to diverge from the same priority that they have with another country. And I'm going to give you some examples. In, in World War One, now I know this is uh, World War One has there was a whole string of of, of possible uh, consequences that that developed the potential for World War One. And but I'm just going to take one aspect of it because uh, this concept of convergence divergence applies to all of them. And, and so I'll just take one instance of World War One where the British instigated a, a naval bro uh, blockade of Germany not allowing uh, food to enter Germany. And the, uh, and Germany wanted to freely, of course, uh, freely trade for the necessary food stuff so its, so its people could eat, now, perfectly natural. However, the British uh, blockade uh, edited this, edited this uh, economic free trade causing great hardship and misery to the German people. And, and this is, of course, after the invasion of Belgium, but nevertheless, uh, we're going we're gonna to take this this uh, uh, this situation and the, uh, but uh, the, the priority of feeding the uh, the people of the nation of Germany um, it was a, was, was obviously is a high priority and the British and German priorities converged onto food for the German people and and as such the British limited the resources to the, to to uh, to be able to eat for the German people and thus. Divergence from this priority was seemingly impossible due to the naval blockade by the British. Thus, the, the incentive and motivation to go to war increased because convergence onto the same priority and then the impossibility of divergence uh, then uh, uh, increased and, and really became non-existent. And if we remember our definition of competition, which is the convergence and divergence of priorities, then we can see that the second half of the definition was not fulfilled and therefore the potential for war increases because the, the lack of the potential for a competition, convergence, divergence, was uh, to occur for the German people, uh, the potential uh, increased um, for, the, uh, for, for war because this, uh, of the lack of competition. And as we know, uh, as we all know, uh, war did break out, and Germany crossed its borders and uh, uh, and went into uh, other countries besides Belgium. Uh, this reminds me of the old adage by Frederick Bastiat: uh, "When goods do not cross borders, armies will." Uh, and th this adage uh, confirms uh, the theory that we propose here today: that war is the absence of competition in the marketplace. So let's give another example. Let's look at the origin of war with Japan uh, in, in World War II. Uh, to make a, a long story short, and again, um, uh, it's just a summary, but uh, nevertheless, this aspect of the beginnings of, of Japan uh, does add to the, to the potential for war. Uh, Japan was looking to expand its availability of, of access to oil markets throughout Asia, but uh, due to the imperialism and, and war-like tendencies of Japan in that area, the United States tried to punish the sanctions uh, against Japan, seeking uh, seeking those assets and, and resources. And 
this led to a, a convergence onto the same priority, which is in this case oil. And due to the uh, actions of, uh, of the United States and others, this prevented Japan from differentiating away from the problem of convergence onto the same priority, or in this case oil, and thus the potential and motivation for war increased because the divergence was inhibited uh, by the actions of those who, were, who disagreed with Japan's actions. And we all know the consequence and eventual outcome of, of Japan's actions. So let's, let's go to a, a different example, one that is not of economic origins. Let's go to an example of one that, that holds an, ideolo an, ideology, uh, an ideology uh, as, as the reason for war. Uh, an example of this would be uh, the Soviet Union, also uh, Cambodia and China. Uh, these are not external wars that developed, but they, are, they were internal wars. And what happened here is that an ideologically driven government went to war with its own people, or should I say subjects or peasants, uh, because, uh, well, for example, uh, Mao Zedong in China developed an ideology of communism, and it became a priority for his nation. And the convergence here is on is the concentration on one ideology by the entity known as the government the communist government of, of China. And uh, divergence away from this priority became an impossibility. And repression and oppression uh, to eliminate divergence away from this ideology became prevalent in China to the extent that Mao instituted mass murder of his people. Uh, estimates are that he murdered in excess of 50 million, if you can believe it. Uh, he, he did this to eliminate all potential for divergence away from his ideology and for conformity onto his priority of, communist, uh, of communism. The same is true for the other leftists, such as uh, Stalin and Pol Pot of Cambodia. These regimes were repressive in eliminating any divergence from their ideology and uh, as such executed and murdered huge percentage of their populations. Let's go to a different war, the American Revolution. This presented the diverging philosophies of the United Kingdom uh, against the colonists of early America. And the ideology of, of England was to tax and that of the colonists was to avoid taxation. I think Americans still have that today. When divergence away from these matters of taxation and, and repression set in, the potential for war developed, and, it's, and, of, and of course, we know it, uh, it did. Uh, so now, let's take a look at our theory and apply it to the problem of North Korea. First of all, why would North Korea become visibly bellicose by firing their test firing of, of their ballistic missiles? Why would they confront the United States with their verbal bellicosity? From our perspective, it seems that they are looking for a confrontation and invite an actual conflict with the United States. They're, they're doing it for the same reason that Stalin and Pol Pot did it also. These totalitarian regimes did not allow for differentiation of their, their ideology by others within their population. 
They silenced them by mass execution re-education re camps. Their cause was to establish a certain ideology and place it on the, uh, on, uh, on the populace. And the populace, on the other hand, should they have the, the freedom to do so, would probably conceive of a, a different ideology or system of beliefs about how they should live, which would be a type of differentiation. But they cannot do so because they are silenced, because the government is at war with them, with their own people, with the people of North Korea the, and formerly the people of Mao. And the differentiation uh, part of the competition is precluded from arising. And thus the potential for, uh, the, because they, uh, so if the people could arise, there would be war. But it also seems that North Korea is, is looking to start a war with the United States. But actually, this is a technique that is employing, that, that North Korea is employing on its own, on its own people, to preclude the emergence of differentiation by its own people. It, it, it's bluster. And the, uh, the creation of a false enemy to enter the, the people's attention away from its own miseries uh, is, is what I think is happening here. Once the, the product is is complete in its uh, ability of the product being the ballistic missile is complete in uh, in in its ability um, uh, to uh, to to be sent to against foreign countries uh, North Korea will begin to market that product to other enemies of the United States throughout the world which and that is a cause for the potential for war um, thus um, it's it's the opinion here of the philosophical angle that North Korea is only an indirect threat to the United States. But let's ask Rick about this and see what he's got to say. Rick, what do you think about North Korea and the potential for war? Well, I agree. It is bluster, and there's been a pattern of bluster for years now, going back to Clinton and even before that. Uh, so we've gone through numerous cycles. I was in Korea for many years, as you know, where the Koreans ramp up the Belicos, uh, uh propaganda, uh, either threaten South Korea or Japan or the U.S. or what, what have you, and then they get paid off with something, um, whether it was uh, nuclear technology in the case of the Clinton administration uh, or other um, goodies of some sort. Um, this is inevitably um, where they direct their strategy. Um, I lay the current cycle of bellicosity at the feet of, of Barack Obama. Look no farther than the Iran nuclear accord for um, the reason that North Korea has entered into this new cycle uh, and done so so aggressively. Um, Iran got their $200 billion plus, uh, some of the small bills, by the way. Uh, North Korea desperately needs hard currency. They expect their payment, too. And in their minds, there's an issue of fairness here, isn't there? Uh, why should Iran, which is certainly uh, no more advanced than North Korea in many respects, get a, a $200 billion payment, and they get nothing? Uh, the U.S. owes them, so it's time to get the checkbook out. It's not, a, it's not a large amount of money compared to our $20 trillion in debt, so pay up. 
So actually, it's uh, it's extortion money. Is that what you're? Uh... Yes, it's extortion money. And uh, but do you think that it'll happen again in this administration? Uh, unlikely, but you can't assume that the North Koreans read Trump as as um, accurately as we would from our perspective. Their sources of information are skewed. Um, it may be a long shot, but it's a long shot worth taking. Would you have imagined five years ago that the United States would, be pay, would have paid $200 billion to Iran to stop building nuclear weapons, which they haven't stopped done, doing, but that a deal of that nature could possibly have been executed? It's crazy, actually. What about China? And, Any... uh, well, China, China loves this. And the reason they love this whole situation is that it distracts from what they're doing in the South China Sea. If they can keep the attention directed at North Korea and Northern Asia on the part of the United States, they can continue building their bases, expanding their influence, um, and ex essentially driving the United States out of the South China Sea. And they're doing it. They're succeeding. If you were President Trump in this new administration, of course, with a different ideology under your hat uh, compared to previous administrations such as that of Clinton or um, Obama, what would you do with North Korea? I would be I would be directing my attention to China in the South China Sea. I would be confronting China every step of the way and as a bargaining chip, I would offer up um, reducing that aggression, frankly, the price being China putting pressure on North Korea to stop do doing these tests. So you think that uh, the pressure on, on, on the, in the South China Sea uh, would help bring pressure uh, onto North Korea, but let's say that did that was successful. Would you then allow hegemony of China to proceed into the South China Sea? I think you, you have to make as much trouble for the Chinese as the North Koreans are making for us to get any kind of result. But if you make trouble, uh, make it difficult for China, are you going to reward China for uh, helping you out with North Korea? Well, I, I would tone down the aggression. I would maintain, you know, free and open sea lanes, but I would, you, you could, you could imagine the United States um, with, with various allies in Southeast Asia um, building bases there. What if the United States were to fund the building of bases on the Spratly Islands? Okay. Okay, that's an interesting... How do you think China would respond to that? Right. Okay, There's so... There's lots of these islands. You could build up lots of these islands. Right. And, and that's all within the you know, 200-mile borders of uh, the Philippines, uh, Malaysia, Vietnam, etc. Last question. That, 
that's what it's going to take. You're going to have to take that kind of aggressive action to get China's attention. I think so. Last question. Would you have, would you ever consider a direct assault on the facilities of North Korea's nuclear plants? And and I think that option always has to be left open. Mm -hmm. And I think our, our missile technology is eventually going to get to the point where we can shoot any missile they send out of the sky and we can surgically remove their nuclear capability and probably the president as well. Okay. So time is on our side in that respect. Okay, so really any action really has to wait to for an assurance uh, from the new from the military that we can shoot down anything that comes out of there. Yeah. Yeah, because okay. there can't be any mistakes, right? There can be no mistakes, exactly. Okay. Rick, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week on The Philosophical Angle. Okay, thank you. Thank you for joining us on The Philosophical Angle podcast. Be sure to subscribe and join us for the next installment.